Hey, you're listening to MIGS Front Page with Peter Movilla. Today we're going to discuss the paper entitled Appendiceal Endometriosis is Diagnosis Dependent on Pathology Evaluation, a Prospective Cohort Study. In this prospective study of 300 patients undergoing appendectomy at the time of primary gynecologic surgery, utilizing a modified pathological analysis, an incidence of 10% of endometriosis was identified on the appendix. We are very fortunate to have with us the first author, Dr. Whitney Trotter-Ross, one of the fellows in minimally invasive gynecologic surgery at Penn State Health. Welcome, Dr. Ross. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. Hey, Dr. Mavilla. Thanks so much for having me today. It's great to be here. Well, I loved everything about your paper, specifically talking about the topic of endometriosis appendix, something we don't really think about every day. But what was your motivation for performing the study? Yeah, so there's a big discrepancy in reported rates of appendiceal endometriosis. It ranges anywhere from less than 1% to around 38%. And some of this certainly depends on the study population. We were actually talking to our GYM pathologists, and we were pretty interested and kind of amazed to learn that standard processing of a coincidental appendectomy specimen only requires as few as four fragments to be evaluated. So it led to the question, hey, are we underdiagnosing appendiceal endometriosis because of the PATH protocol that's used to evaluate it? One thing you discuss um, a little bit in your paper is ACOT's committee opinion on coincidental appendectomy. Could you kind of enlighten us a little bit for those who haven't read that committee opinion? That committee opinion talks about the benefit of coincidental appendectomy at time of a primary gynecologic surgery, essentially to decrease the risk of future appendicitis. So for women who are younger than 35, they're at greatest risk of appendicitis. So the risk is less than the benefit in that age group. There's probably some benefit, according to the committee opinion, for women aged 35 to 50, but then after age 50, because um, the risk of appendicitis is so low, they recommend against it. However, they talk about how women with chronic pelvic pain and endometriosis are a different subset of the population. So coincidental appendectomy probably plays a different role in that group. In your clinical practice, when you have a patient who comes in and it's looking like they might have surgery for endometriosis related to chronic pelvic pain, um, how does that preoperative discussion go? Do you consider everybody who's going to get a laparoscopy? for possible endometriosis for appendectomy? So we consent all of our patients that are getting a hysterectomy for appendectomy. Um, and then women that have suspected stage three, four endometriosis or have chronic right lower quadrant pain. And then in the women that we're consenting just because they, they're getting a hysterectomy, we talk about how if they have unexpected endometriosis or we see endometriosis, then we would recommend performing the appendectomy. And certainly, even in any woman, if the appendix appears abnormal, that would be the other reason why we would perform the appendectomy. And then we talk to them in terms of risks and benefits. There's a growing body of literature, including our paper, that there's really not an increased risk with this surgery versus baseline gynecologic surgery. We talk about there's potentially an increased risk of bleeding or infection. There's also been a couple of studies that show that coincidental appendectomy really doesn't increase the time that it takes to perform the surgery. So it's, we talked to them about the pretty minimal risk and that it might be beneficial. Uh, how do you guys perform your appendectomies? And who's yeah, the important step in performing an appendectomy is skeletonizing the appendix and ligating the appendiceal artery. We use the harmonic scalpel to perform this step, but in robotic surgery, you can use it with monopolar scissors or really any advanced team of any advanced hemostasis device. And then we use the Ethicon vascular stapler with a white load to come across the base of the appendix where it joins the terminal ileum and cecum. Figure one and figure two, looks like they discuss the standard versus the modified protocols for when the pathologists look at the appendix. Can you discuss? So in the standard protocol, 
it's really four sections. So the bivalve distal tips, you have two pieces of that. Then you had a kind of a random mid portion, a random section of the middle of the appendix and then the proximal margin. If at the time that they're doing the gross processing of the appendix, they see anything abnormal, then they'll take more slices of the abnormal section. So our question was, would we be detecting more endometriosis if in those pieces of the appendix and mesopalindex that aren't being evaluated, if we evaluated that as well. So then in the modified protocol, then they perform serial sectioning of the rest of the appendix. And then from there, the processing is the same in terms of clearing and staining and mounting. Um, so that's kind of the difference. So what was the incidence of actual appendiceal endometriosis um, based on your protocols? So this was a study of women receiving appendectomy for either chronic pelvic pain or endometriosis. So in the group of 300 women, 10% had appendiceal endometriosis. When you then break it down by indication, in women that had chronic pelvic pain but no endo, either by history or on laparoscopy, actually none of them had appendiceal endometriosis. But then when you look at women with stage 1 to 2 endometriosis, they had 4.3% of women had endo in the appendix. And then for women with stage 3 to 4, it went up to 29.2%. So that's actually a lot higher specifically for yeah. that, a higher stage of endo. And then it looks like in stage two, very interesting, you try to say, uh, ask with a sensitivity of diagnosing endometriosis by visual inspection alone, which is interesting because you know a lot of surgeons will say that's endo, that's not endo. So what was the sensitivity of visual inspection of endometriosis of the appendix? Yeah, this is actually a key finding of our study. So we found that most women have normal looking appendices, even women with abnormal pathology. So in this study, like I said before, 30 women had appendiceal endometriosis, um, but 77% of these appendixes looked normal. So in other words, if we would have only taken out appendixes that looked abnormal, we would have missed 23 of the 30 cases of endo. Which is significant, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then what I loved the most about your study is how kind of all-inclusive and thoughtful it was. When you go to table five, it looks like you really discussed a little bit about the cost and time of adopting your modified protocol. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And then what are you guys currently doing at your institution in terms of protocol? So we found that implementing this protocol for us takes an additional $12 per patient on average. Um, so when we did this, it was like, yay, it's great. We're improving detection. But then the question was, well, like, what is this costing the patient? And I really had no concept of how much it takes, how much does a pathology slide take um, to make and what goes into it. So we looked at a lot of kind of the cost of the tech time and the different materials to come up with that cost per patient. Um, and then we asked the pathologist to give us an estimate of how long it takes per slide for them to review it. So then we found the modified protocol takes an additional minute and 45 seconds of pathologist time. So after discussing with the pathologist and kind of these significantly improved detection rate, we decided that in our institution, it's meaningful. And especially for women, the diagnosis of endometriosis really changes a lot going forward. So we felt that the cost and feasibility for us was really, it's very feasible and the cost was quite low. Um, I think a takeaway point, it might not be, it might be much more expensive for other institutions or it might not be as feasible. But even, even if it, they can't implement this exact protocol, I would advocate that they would. But even if it's not possible, then I would just recommend talking to the pathologist to kind of learn, hey, what's happening there? And how can we do better to diagnose more endometriosis and improve care for our patients? I love it.
thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and talk about this excellent paper. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Mavella. I appreciate it. Bye.